Welcome to Marketing on Tap Podcast with the Craft Beer Marketing Awards. We're here at episode two, and I am your host, CBMA's co-founder, Jim McCune, and I'm also here with CBMA's co-founder, Jackie DeBella. Hey guys, it's Jackie. This podcast is sponsored by the EGC Group. Welcome back, everybody. What a great week in the world of craft beer marketing. And today our guest is Rachel Bradley. Rachel is the marketing manager, photographer, and sounds like she does 10,000 other things over at DeClaw Brewing in Baltimore. <laughs> I do. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> great to have Woo! you. Uh, as you guys probably know, Duclos won uh, the CVMA's 2020 Onyx Crushy Award, one of our toughest categories by far. Yeah, you guys took home the uh, People's Choice for Most FOMO Instagram account. <laughs> Congrats again, that's awesome. Thank you so much. We are super honored to have that. Well, let's welcome Rachel today and... Um, People have to realize the People's Choice Award was actually like having to win two competitions. Yeah. The first round was actually uh, 130 judges from around the world. Um, they first judged you guys uh, in that top ranking position along with uh, two other breweries. And then that went to social media where the public actually got to vote. Yeah. And we had thousands of people vote. So you guys uh, crushed it, literally. <laughs> Thank you. Congrats again to Duclaw Brewing. Amazing. Well, welcome, Rachel. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you guys are up to over at Duclaw? Sure. Uh, my name's Rachel. I'm the marketing manager here at Duclaw Brewing Company. We have kind of a smaller department, so there's only three of us, really, and we... We'll touch a little bit of everything here. We have an in-house graphic designer, another digital media marketing, and then myself, who kind of helps run the team. And I started out as the photographer and social media manager, and now I'm kind of the marketing manager, so kind of overseeing the broader spectrum of that. And Duclaw, we're based out of Baltimore, Maryland. We opened in 1996, so we're kind of an older brewery. Manau mid-size, so about to hit our 25th year in 2021, which is really exciting. Yeah, it's really cool to see the history of the brewery, because we started out just as brew pubs in Bel Air, Maryland, and then we kind of grew, opened more restaurants, and then we did a whole 180 switch, closed all the restaurants, focused only on production, and now we're in 19 different states and Canada and France, and we're still growing, hoping to open up a few more states in the next couple of years, which is really exciting, too. Yeah, that's incredible, given all the competition and everything that's going on now. Um, I think something that you guys could shed a little light on is, you know, everything that went on this year during COVID-19, you know, how have you guys sort of changed your communication, not only with customers, but, you know, your partnerships and relationships with distributors? Yeah, I mean, a lot of things have changed this year with the pandemic and everything that's gone on. We've seen a lot of shift in our sales. Everything kind of went away from keg sales <gasps> and more into cans, which was interesting. And, 
you know, it makes sense because a lot of people aren't doing as much draft with bars being closed and or restricted hours or access and stuff like that or being shut down completely. So having to kind of shift our business model a little bit, luckily we were in an okay position to do so because we don't have a tap room in our brewery, which is mm-hmm. kind of a unique experience because when you think about a brewery, you automatically assume that they have a tap room on site. So totally. we kind of, you know, had to shift our sales more towards packaging and less towards keg sales and just being open and honest with all of our distributors Yo. to say, Hola. you know, when we're able to complete deadlines, but there's an aluminum, aluminum can shortage right now. So just being open and honest with them saying that, you know, we've been shorted our supplies, so we won't be able to bring this beer out on time that we had scheduled that they were, might've been excited for, might have to delay a few things, but um, not too many changes on our end compared to some breweries who might have relied more heavily on taproom sales Mm -hmm. and draft. Wow. Yeah. It's been a tough year for everybody. And I think everybody is trying to figure out how to best adapt and figure out um, how to recover. And I think, um, you know, one of the things that we've seen with breweries is basically having to pivot and change the way that they're doing things. Have you guys changed anything in regards to um, how you guys are preparing your sales um, force or um, retail partners? Yeah, I would say there's definitely a shift in how we had to get creative to kind of combat some of those challenges that have arisen this year. Uh, like when I just mentioned just now the aluminum can shortage, you know, some of our suppliers are saying we can't get you guaranteed can orders until halfway through next year, which is detrimental so we have to get creative and what we've actually been doing is we have been rescuing these we call them our rescue cans i'll tell you the story it's actually really funny how it came about um basically one day (laughs) our brewery operations manager chris he says hey look i was able to acquire a big pallet a few pallets of cans and we're like oh great that's awesome where from and he said well here, here's the catch. <laughs> it's from a cidery, and their cans have already been pointed on. They have these, like, crazy pink and blue stripes all over them. And the goal is just to put our label on top of them. And at first, we were like, oh, I don't know. It sounds a little weird. But, hey, this could be really cool because those cans, you know, they would have gone to the recycling plant. They were just sitting in someone's warehouse not being used and now we've been able to find a way to give it a new purpose and kind of solve a problem at the same time which ended up being a really funny story so we call them our rescue cans and a few newspapers actually picked up the story and it's been really nice to see on a on a more personal note it's just nice to see how supportive everyone is being in this industry you know breweries are trading with other breweries if someone has more cans at one point in time than other places, then we help each other out. We do trades all the time. Uh, back when things shifted towards to-go sales out of tap rooms, 
we had a bunch of extra crawlers, which is those 32 ounce cans you can get draft to go in. And so we were able to, you know, help other people out with our extra supplies during that time. Um, so it's just really nice to see everyone kind of coming together and supporting local craft. And we're all kind of in this together, which is, it's good to know you're not alone. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing that me and Jim, we talked about on the last podcast as well, that um, this industry is very unique in the way that everybody jumps in to help each other rather than to watch somebody crumble. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why we, I know we love this industry so much is that, like you said, we're all in this together and it's great to hear some ideas from people like you of how you're making it work right now. I think that's super, super important. I know you did mention something about getting creative. Um, you know, what have you seen on your end with consumer marketing and how you're communicating to your drinkers about what's going on and where they can find your beer and how? Yeah, I mean, it's basically not much has changed on how you can find our beer because a lot of our beer is found in packaging. So 16 ounce cans, 12 ounce cans, that kind of stuff. So sales are actually up right now for off-premise accounts like that. Like your local liquor stores, they are, you know, still open. And when the pandemic first started, they were considered a central business. So you can still... Go to your local liquor store and pick up your beer and support your local craft breweries, which is really awesome that you can still do that. So not too much different on communicating to our consumers how to get our product. It's just, you know, keeping them up to date on fun, exciting releases that we're having, maybe trying to support local businesses because to touch on that, you know, we're all in this together thing. We want to be able to make sure that our local community is getting through this too. So coming out with fun collaborations that will not only help that, but also speak to our consumers and be something new and fun. Like for example, we just partner with Diablo Donuts again, which is this really cool donut shop in Baltimore, Maryland, where they have all these funky, cool flavors and they have these donuts that just, they just look unreal. It's so cool. They made kind of one that looked like a Reese's peanut butter cup and the chocolate glaze, they actually used our beer that's a chocolate peanut butter porter called Sweet Baby Jesus. So, you know, being able to give them that beer and then them being able to sell donuts that say, you know, this glaze is made with beer. It's just a cool, fun thing all around for consumers, both, you know, people who love donuts and people who love beer. And then it's a, it's a good way to kind of shed light on, all the local shops that we love to work with. Um, you know, another one would be Wild Kombucha, and they make really good kombucha. They make, like, an elderberry ginger one, and we did a fun little cocktail series with them at a local restaurant called La Food Marquetta in Baltimore, Maryland. And So it's just been really fun trying to get creative in terms of making – new fun products for our consumers because it almost feels like we're we're eating up content so much faster right now because there's not much to do we're all kind of sitting around waiting for more entertainment so trying to come out with super fun new things to keep up with that has been a challenge but also really exciting yeah that's true and i mean that that's 
as Jackie mentioned, I think the camaraderie between breweries, especially in times of need, yeah. is something that really defines, you know, what the brewing industry is about. Um, and just show the, the basically they're all forged in steel. And um, one other thing is you, you mentioned fun a lot. And I think that's the one thing that we all see from Duclaw. I know here in New York, we had seen Sweet Baby Jesus years ago. And we were, you know, cracking up, obviously. It's a funny name. And then when you get to the beer, you see, you know, oh, wow, this is a serious brewery. And then over the years, Dirty Little Freak. And then... Recently, I know Sour Me has um, hit the States in a big way, and it's an incredible beer and a lot of fun, and can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, our Sour Me series has been so much fun. I think that's one of the things that I have enjoyed most watching grow about Duclaw is the introduction of all these limited releases, because when I first started with Duclaw in, at the end of 2016, our model was... We had a core lineup, like you're saying, the Sweet Baby Jesus, the Dirty Little Freak, you know, all of our standard beers, and we would have seasonals, but not too much other than that. We would do a few things here and there, but then within a year, we started doing these limited releases where we have a new Sour Me series, which is a sour, a kettled sour ale. We have a new pastryarchy release, which is usually any form of dessert beer, whether that's a porter or stout, or, you know, sometimes we get a little more creative with the styles. And we also have a new IPA. All three of the series release a new variant every eight weeks or so. So we're able to keep up that word fun. People recognize the brand. They're like, oh, I've had something like this before. I wonder what the next flavor is. So it's it's kind of great to have that recognizability on the shelves so that people already know what it's yeah. kind of going to taste like, but it's still fun and new because you get to put out a new variant. So like our most recent releases have been Sour Me Strawberry Grape, which kind of looks like that candy box the nerds the pink and purple box Ooh, my favorite it's so good it's it's a great nostalgic hit and i think that's what's really resonating with our consumers right now as well as our beer called pop tarts it kind of looks like a pop tarts label with like the silver and the blue and then our patriarchy release for december was candy cane so it's just you know, so warm and cozy. It's a dry Irish, it's an Irish stout. It's kind of like dry and sweet and a little bit pepperminty. Interesting. I mean, you're, let's go back to the, you know, that excitement that your consumers get, the familiar, familiarity of flavors and what's coming next. I mean, you guys won for FOMO Instagram account. And the fact that you don't have a place that you're driving people like a tasting room or tap room um, is super interesting because people are hooked on your content um, and going to find your beer. So how do you guys, you know, play up that strategy? How do you keep it new and exciting if you're not actually driving people in-house, but you're driving them to your retailers or other uh, places of distribution? Yeah, that's, that's actually our number one challenge. And we've tried to think of, you know, ways that we can combat that and basically it is it, it is it is a really big challenge to not have that face-to-face -face with your consumer yeah. and, and not be able to connect with them in a tap room so 
Content for us is a huge deal. Trying to post often, thinking of campaigns that will just maybe go viral. Um, for example, in our Sour Me series, this time last year, we released an image of our collaborator, the Diablo Giants that I mentioned earlier. Good. Yeah. They have that collaborated with us on that Sour Me Unicorn Fart Spear as well. The Unicorn Farts actually came from the name of one of their donuts, which is, it's, it's a donut with vanilla frosting and fruity pebbles sprinkled on top. So we had Roz, who is the owner-founder of Diablo Donuts. We, <laughs> we dressed him up. We put glitter on him. We put him in a bathtub full of fruity pebbles. Ooh, la, la. And we had the most fun photo shoot I think I've ever had in my life. <laughs> that was pure genius because um, the judges obviously saw that, yeah. and so did the uh, public. And that, that's the image that won, right, Jackie? Yeah, that was the big win. That was it. What a great beer. What a great concept. You guys are always keeping it fresh and the yeah. beer amazing. And, you know, what an incredible combination that is when you lock those two up. And that's really what CBMAs is all about. I actually have, I have a funny story for you, Rachel, about one of your beers. Um, oh, really? <laughs> my yeah, my soon-to-be father-in-law is a very stereotypical big beer drinker. I'm not going to give the name because we don't get credit on here. <laughs> um, so I saw your regular beer, literally regular beer on the shelf. And I was like, he's going to drink this and not even know the difference. And he, you know, he's very <laughs> anti-craft, but I've, I've been working on him. So I poured into two glasses. I poured the regular beer and the big beer into one, had him blind taste test it. He looked at the, I said, okay, which one did you hate? He looked at the big beer glass. And said, I absolutely hate this. This means nothing to me. I go, well, that's your big beer. So now you're a craft beer drinker. <laughs> Couldn't even believe it. And I showed him the can. I was like, this is a craft brewery. You did it. Good job. He couldn't even believe what just happened. <laughs> and the funny part, Rachel, about the regular beer, and Jackie's a lot younger than me. And I always say, I think one of the most miraculous things that in my lifetime I've seen beer. It used to look exactly like that. <laughs> yeah. no, no frills. I think it was sold at Pathmark. And it was literally a white can with black labels. Mm -hmm. And then you walk into a beer distributor today and see what looks like an art gallery. <laughs> that is, I think, one of the, my proudest moments is being able to witness this all. So incredible genius on that as well. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was definitely done in part because of all the craziness that's going on right now. You see in the beer world, all these memes about people putting in weird stuff to the mesh, like putting in all this crazy stuff, which, you know, we'll, we'll honestly, we'll have fun with that too. But we can also throw off the fact that we can make this really classic style American lager and it's, it's a hard style to honestly pull off perfectly because there's nothing you can hide behind. You make a mistake, it's gonna, you're going to taste it. It's not like some crazy fruited, you know, dessert thing. And, and you know, it's, it's you got to nail it. you got to nail your craft. And that's kind of how we circle back to our motto, which is craft be cherished, rules be danced. We want to cherish the craft. We want to make it really good and we want to hit that mark perfectly but you know what rules be damned we're gonna have fun and we're gonna go crazy and 
yes, we can do the standard styles and bloggers, but we can also do crazy things like put glitter in our beard. We can run the whole gamut and basically market every beer to to who it's meant to go to. Like that regular beer when you were saying <laughs> with your dad who 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 was so adamant about his big beard choice and um you know, I, I know I can I can visualize the same exact people in my own life who do that and it's kind of like a gateway to craft beer for some people, just like Sweet Baby Jesus was a gateway to craft beer mm -hmm. for some people, you know, back when that first released in, in 2011. So just trying to find new ways to get people to enjoy craft beer and change them to the dark side. Wow. Yeah, you know? yeah, I mean, his, his response was, it has flavor. And that's exactly <laughs> what I'm trying to when you can find a good craft beer that is still, you know, like you said, a traditional lager or something like that, and it's going to be even better than you expected because there's someone putting time and energy into this. And I mean, he was floored. He's he's getting a nice pack of that for Christmas. <laughs> good. Oh, and it's such a fun can too. I love. I just took a photo shoot of that can the other day for for a holiday one. It's just so sleek and so pretty. Our graphic designer, Tyler, just really nailed that one on the mark. Like I said, you know, I was walking up and down the aisle, how am I going to get him? And that's the one I was like, this is it. This is going to be perfect. And it was. <laughs> it, it only takes, you know, a, a second or two to scroll down uh, Duke Law Brewing's Instagram page or website yeah. and really see that you guys have your stuff together and you have this incredible, diverse, but yet homogenous style that yeah. you kind of know it's Duclaw and it's always bright and it's fun and it's nostalgic. So I think you guys really have um, something special. Great. Thank you so much. That means a lot. Yeah. It's, so Duclaw, I just heard the term the other day. I'm like, Duclaw, you're talking about the brewery? And he's like, no, I'm talking about my dog. Duclaw. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, I didn't know, I'm not a dog owner, I'm actually allergic to dogs, so I never knew that about dogs, but a Duclos is that little nail on a dog, really, but that's not what we're named after. <laughs> I'll start oh, okay. Um, it's, I had never really heard that term before, so I wasn't sure. Yeah, I mean, the, the naming of the brewery is kind of elusive. There, there's like a thousand different stories out there as far as how we got the name, and who knows which one is right, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That is hilarious. Yeah, so it's just kind of something we've been rolling with. It used to be... A very, our, we went through a rebrand, or we're kind of still going through a bit of a rebrand um, because there are some areas of our market that, you know, need a little bit of a refresh. But we started with kind of like our merchandise and our beer labels, and slowly we've gotten more and more of everything shifted over to the new logo. But the old logo used to be a very 90s, very grungy, and now it's kind of sleek and modern, and we have a perfect like the a new font and everything that we use on everything so kind of in terms of that we've we've have a we've had a bit of a shift there too yeah i guess you know in this industry specifically we're probably all in a constant state of evolution and you know the only thing that remains the same is change for us so mm -hmm. i guess it's just part of um part of the industry and it's it's fun yeah, I've really enjoyed watching Duclaw grow over the years. I grew up in Maryland, and so getting to 
move back to Maryland eventually and work for a brewery that is has been around as long as I have, that's really exciting for me. Yeah, that's an incredible milestone. And I know um, female empowerment is a big thing at Duclor. And just recently, I don't know if you knew, um, Megan Stone had recently been voted by her industry peers with CBMAs and just took the 2020 uh, Woman of the Year Award. Yes, she is so awesome. I am so proud of her. She definitely deserves it. She's an amazing brewer who knows her stuff inside and out. She was able to work with us for a little while while she was living in Maryland because that's actually where she's from. So when she right. worked with us for you know, a few months, she was able to make some improvements around the brewery and give us advice on some of our recipes. And it was just an all around super fun time to have her on the team. She's awesome. Yeah, she's really great. She's doing big things. So we were we were excited. She was our winner. And who knows what 2021 will bring. Um, what are you guys thinking? Is there anything big happening that you can share with us for 2021? <laughs> Hmm, that I can share? Um, well, let's just say we have some fun things planned for Unicorn Farts 2021. I can't exactly touch oh. on all the plans, but yes. we'll, we'll be making some fun things. Hopefully you'll get a chuckle out of it. That's super fun. That's exciting. Great. <laughs> right. uh, what else? Anything else we could talk about? Yeah, I mean, I I loved what you said about female empowerment. I think that's really awesome to be recognized for. So we definitely try to hire a diverse group of people from different backgrounds, genders, races, etc. So thank you for recognizing that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and you know, in our industry, we've seen women grow and expand their roles. I think you know something like. A CBC, you know, 10 years ago um, wouldn't look the way that it does today with as many women are on the floor and, you know, exhibiting. And it's just really incredible. I know you probably feel the same as me being in an industry that used to be dominated by men and now feeling included is, is amazing and, and everybody's awesome. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of challenges that still come with being a woman in the beer industry because... It is technically still male-dominated, and you'll every now and then you'll come across some people who may not share the same values as you, but uplifting women in the industry is super important to us, and not just women, but people of color and everything. Um, so trying to give opportunities and doing collaborations, um, for example, like just recently, I'll give a shout-out to our friend Courtney at Instagram handle Black Beer Geek. She helped model and come up with a phrase for one of our shirts recently. That was a really fun collaboration. Um, next year, we hope to partner with some more local places to uplift some Black-owned businesses like Natasha's Brittle out of Baltimore, Maryland. We're hoping to do something with her. You know, just everywhere we can, trying to look at where we can do better is really important because... We weren't able to participate in the Black is Beautiful this year, but, you know, there are always different things that you can do to uplift your community and and people who should be recognized more and making sure that your, your brand is inclusive of all kinds of people is just so important. 
That's great. You guys are doing that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank, thank you, guys. You making the world a better place. And I think really that's sort of where Jackie and I were a couple of years ago when we had been to so many of the beer tasting competitions. And, you know, it was awesome to see the brewers get their awards, but we would look at each other and say, you know, when are they going to recognize the people doing the beer labels and social media and the tap handles and the branding and the merchandise? And that's why we said, that's it. It's got to be out there. We Googled it, and to our surprise, there was no competition. So CBMAs is really the first in the world to um, to recognize and award the best uh, beer-related marketing across the world this year. Yeah, I really love that. Seeing that, and we definitely wanted to enter right away because that is so exciting because it's true. We have so many different departments in our company and just making sure that everyone is recognized and thanked because it really is a team effort. And it's, you know, no one person should be getting the glory. And we always make sure that we're open to ideas from all different people. Like if a, someone on the packaging line has an idea for a beer and they're not a brewer and they they have a good idea, we're going to hear them out. You know, it's, it's not any one person leading the ship it's a whole team effort which is something that i really love about this industry coming from someone who didn't used to work in the beer industry i've seen like it's such a different world it's such a different world and i absolutely love it so i see myself staying here for a while but i just didn't think you know an industry could be like this where it's so so come like the camaraderie is insane yeah i fully fully agree um, what categories are you guys going for this year in 2021? I don't know. I'll have to look through them all. But, you know, <laughs> we'll try to play to our strengths, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, yeah. it's so cool that there are so many different categories. That's what's awesome. The yeah, nostalgic cool. marketing one's a lot of fun. And uh, I think you guys hit that right on the head because tapping into our childhood fondest memories mm-hmm. is smart for any business nowadays because because of all the gloom of 2020, I think we'll see a lot more of that in 2021. And um, I think Jackie could speak to one of our exciting new categories um, that has sprung up, obviously, uh, due to the pandemic. Yeah, we, I mean, we actually have two. We have what we were talking about before um, is kind of on par, the human rights awareness. Um, we're doing a big push for that. There's, you know, best collaboration. I know you mentioned something like that. Um can or bottle design, any type of campaign involved with the human rights movement that has really taken off this year. Uh, And then pandemic marketing, we have a bunch of stuff, you know, you mentioned um, a lot of different breweries are doing different pushes for fundraising, collaborations, um, any type of designs, pandemic related, we saw a ton of that this year. Um, So those are two new ones in the lineup for 2021. But, um, you know, as a reminder to you and anybody else, listening to this um there's about a little over a month left to enter so um you know while you're sitting around eating gingerbread cookies next weekend maybe (laughs) hop on and get those entries in i mean the categories are filling up the work looks amazing we're really excited to see what duplaw enters this year um and everybody else and you know you have the opportunity to globally clinch a crushy this year so let's see what happens so cool (laughs) This was awesome. We really appreciate your time. We love your beer. Um, So high fives to everybody over there. 
Um, we'll, <laughs> once this is all over, we would love to meet up, have a beer with you. Um, you know, looking forward to 2021 for sure. For sure. Definitely let me know. I would love to grab a beer with you guys. I am in search for the candy cane Imperial Stout, so <laughs> look out. Thank you. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you, DeClaw Brewing. Yeah. Um, thank you guys for being a supporter of the CBMAs. We really appreciate it. Keep up the great work. Keep brewing that great beer. And looking forward to seeing you guys at the CBC. Thank you so much. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Woo!